0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are joining us today. This episode of the podcast is supported by Relay Runco. This is the newest running brand, which just launched last week, founded by Ann Mazur, who's been on this podcast, an Olympic trials marathoner. She has the most soft, cute, and fun running gear and lounge wear. I am telling you, I just cannot get over this new outfit that I have been wearing every time it's clean from Relay Run Co. It is the Rachel Pocket Shorts in the Belmont Bra. These shorts are spandex shorts, the perfect length, and they do not move when you run. There is no pulling down the shorts, the middle of the shorts, you know, when your thighs touch and rub together and they ride up. It doesn't happen with these shorts. Every other pair of spandex shorts, I swear it happens. These shorts are legit and they're super cute. I have the purple color. The blue color is super fun as well. Anne is a small business herself with a big dream, and I think you should all go support her endeavors and get yourself some cute apparel. Go to RelayRunCo.com. You can use the code ANOTHER at checkout and that'll get you 15% off your first order. All right, friends, today's episode is a fun and timely, exciting episode. This is a conversation with Sinclair Johnson who just won a national title and made her first world's team in the 1500. So excited for Sinclair. She was first on the podcast back in October of 2020. That was episode 282. She is a 1500 NCAA champion and had just joined the Bowerman Track Club when we first spoke. Since then, she has joined the Union Athletic Club and she's really having a breakthrough year. Before making this world's team, she actually set a five second personal record in 3.58 in the 1500. So really excited to catch up with Sinclair. So happy for her. All right, friends, before we get started, I wanna tell you about Vionic shoes. These are the most comfortable recovery shoes that every runner needs to know about. It's really easy to just throw on a pair of flip-flops in the summer, But I am telling you what, these recovery sandals are saving my feet. They're saving my arches. Vionic has great shoes for men and women, and they are so great for active recovery. They have a winning combination of supportive and cushioned layers that work together to generate this recovery. So friends, I'm so excited to have you check out these shoes and enjoy these super comfortable and supportive sandals. They also have cute sneakers as well, by the way. All this and no stress, Bionics 30 day risk free trial means there's no reason not to try them out. Enjoy free shipping on bionicshoes.com with the promo code Another. Recover smarter, return stronger. Again, enjoy free shipping on bionicshoes.com with promo code Another. All right, friends, enjoy my conversation with Sinclair. All right, back on the podcast today we have Sinclair Johnson on the show. Welcome back, Sinclair. Thanks for having me back. Big congratulations to you making the world's team. How do you feel? Thank you.
1: Yeah, I feel really, really good. I think I was I've been this has been my goal from the beginning of the season so for it to come to fruition is uh, pretty
0: special. And are you coming down at all? Or are you still like on a high? Are you able to like kind of chill? Yeah, I
1: think I, like, dealt with the high of it, the, probably, like, the day of and the day after. And now I'm refocusing my mind to get ready for Worlds and because I still have a lot more goals the rest of the season. And um, it starts with World Championships. So, um, yeah, trying to put all the emotions aside and uh, look forward to the next um, part.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Sinclair was first on the show, Friends in... 2020 it was like right after you joined Bowerman actually like yes. right when you became pro
1: yeah I think it was actually like a week I had been in Portland for like a week you and I remember moved. doing yeah I remember doing this interview in um my room and there was like no furniture <laughs> in, in the place and that looks a little different but
0: so much has happened um including joining a new team but did you have to change like where you live are you still in the same place
1: I'm still in the same place, yeah, so luckily, the my new group I'm with, Union Athletics Club um, is also based out of Portland, so it was the easiest move in the sense that I didn't have to move anywhere and it was just about going to a uh, different practice, <laughs> um but yeah, same track we use, um so yeah it's been it's been like really, really easy transition in that regard.
0: Um did that play into your decision of of which team to select, like not having to move across the country or anything? Um.
1: A little bit. I mean, I definitely I wanted to stay with Nike. And um, I mean, my contract is through the next Olympic cycle anyway. So I'm staying with him. Um, And I had already known about Pete Julian and um, what his training was like just through Craig Angles. And so I kind of had an idea of what I was looking for. And Pete Julian's group was kind of what I was looking for. So um, it just so happened that they were also based here in Portland too that's um, so, nice
0: yeah because moving is so stressful
1: yeah it is it's uh I mean the doing the first move when I was coming from Oklahoma um down to or up to Portland was already enough of a move so I'm glad to be able to not have to move that
0: far again yeah especially like at this point in your career and you're like heading into world championships and all the things it's like adding that extra layer they say like moving is one of the top three stressors like anybody can go through in their life so i'm so glad that you were able to stay um tell us a little bit about pete julian you know i've interviewed some of his athletes before um why am i drawing a blank jess hole um, yeah. and I know Jordan Hasse is working with Pete now as well. So tell us a little bit about why you wanted to work with Pete.
1: So I had originally talked to Pete when I was coming out of school and, and, um, turning pro and I really liked his like energy. I think he had a lot of like, he made kind of my goals, his goals in terms of just even basically saying, you know, I see you making you know, the Olympic team in 2024 whatever it was and and I really like that about him um I did end up going to Bowerman, but um I think through learning about Pete a little bit more even through like Craig like as I was saying earlier um I just I think what really attracted me to him was that he really individualizes training and um on any given day they, we could all be doing something completely different and I really like that about him because I do feel like we all come from different backgrounds. I mean, even me and Jess, we run the same event, but she comes from much more of a strength background than I do. Um, So even in that regard, like we won't even do sometimes the same workouts, but even though we run the same events and trying to do the same things, So um, I just like really appreciate the, yeah, the, just the individually individuality of it. And I just feel like he really takes his time to see, okay, what do they need best on that day? And I'm, um, I mean, you see the way that Raven or Donovan train versus the way that I train is like so different. And then, you know, he coaches Jordan to say, and so um, I feel like he has, he has a lot of different athletes in different events, but then also come from different backgrounds and he really understands that and really tries to, um, uh, put that into our training. So
0: do you hop in and train with 800, the 800 meter runners? Sometimes (laughs) you mentioned Raven and Donovan. Yeah.
1: Uh, we, Raven and I have done a couple workouts together. Um, I never had to do a speed workout with her. I think I would get my doors blown off, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, sometimes if, you know, we're doing like tempo type threshold work, um, she'll come in and jump in for like part of our, our reps and stuff. Um, so We do like we all will um, work out together at some point, um, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. But I think for the most part, like he tries to incorporate us into each other's workouts. So at least we have someone um, to help, you know, with the workout.
0: So this is a big decision to leave Bowerman and go to the Union Athletics Club. And you're you're still like relatively young. Like how did you handle that process? Like who who were your Mm -hmm. sounding boards? Who did you talk to during that time when you made that decision? Yeah,
1: I think it was extremely hard. I think I I did I I loved my time at Bowerman and
0: I really did
1: love being on the team and I made some really, really close friends and I think that was the hardest part Mm -hmm. was to leave all that behind. And I knew that I wasn't going to get the same kind of team aspect with, um, Pete and it, and not to say that it's not a team because we, I feel like it's more like a family than it is Mm -hmm. a team, but I felt like on Bowerman, it felt like a college team because there was just so many women and so many men on the team. But yeah, so that was, that was really challenging just knowing that I wasn't going to have that every single day anymore. Um, but I felt like a lot of, A lot of uh, my sounding board was my boyfriend, Craig. And I feel like he just knows, not that he knows, he he knows how to calm me down for one, but he also is just someone that can be very rational. And sometimes I get very like anxious and overthink things. And I think he's able to just kind of take a step back. And, and of course he wants the best for me. And so I know that he's going to have my absolute best interest at heart. And he's um, not going to like, you know, tell me to go do something that isn't going to be that way. And I think a lot of people have, you know, vested interests in the sport. Um, so I think I tried to really drown out a lot of other people and just really stay true to myself, but, um, also like with the help of Craig. So, um, yeah, we, we went through (laughs) a couple months of just weighing out the pros and cons and really thinking about this decision thoroughly. And, um, I feel like at the end of the day, like he would give me advice, but, um, I always listen to what my heart says and I've, you know, never gone astray from that. So, um, I didn't intend to do this for this decision.
0: Do you feel, you know, now that you've had this really successful season thus far, like, do you feel a freedom or like a weight lifted? Like I, I know I made the right decision. Yeah,
1: I, I, I mean, I do, but I also like, I felt that freedom even a year ago and we're not maybe a year ago, like when I first joined the group Um, and it is really nice to have this kind of success and make it feel validating, Mm. but I already felt so validated as soon as I joined the group. And I think that speaks more to the success I had than the other way around. Um, And I just, yeah, I felt like I walked into a group that I immediately felt so much love and support and I felt understood and I felt listened to And I feel like all of that just made me so much happier. And now I was going through a really hard injury in the fall and I came to the group absolutely broken. And, and that was not even as challenging as I thought it would have been just because of the support I had behind that. Um, So I think just like being in such a good mental and emotional um, headspace starting out last fall I think is like really led to the success that I've had this spring and summer so far.
0: Um, tell us a little bit about the injury. Yeah.
1: So I, I, we found out that I had a stress fracture in my femoral neck and my right. So basically my right hip, um, which is like a, a pretty bad injury. And, um, and basically, you know, like with stress fractures, like the, the way to um, heal them is to be completely non weight bearing And I didn't know that this is the injury that I had for about six weeks. And so I was doing everything wrong for it. I was still running. (laughs) I was hiking. I was walking around. I was um, and when you I should have been on crutches and being laying down and um, just like not putting any weight on my hip at all. So we had gotten another MRI like six weeks into me still having pain because we're like, okay, this is, there's something else going on because the original MRI didn't show up as a stress fracture and six weeks into me still having pain. We found out, oh, I actually do have a stress fracture in my hip. So um, it took like twice as long to heal from this injury than it normally would have just from the nature of not catching it early enough. So yeah, I didn't run for, about three months in the fall. Um, I don't think I took my first step on the ground until like mid-November. So that was that was hard to navigate. But like I said, I, I had such, with our strength and conditioning slash PT, Dave McHenry and Pete Julian and the rest of the team, I just had such a good support system around me.
0: How did you walk through that mentally? Was that super hard?
1: Yeah, it was. It was hard because I felt like after the year I had, performance wise on the track I wasn't really satisfied last year and then to end it with a big injury was just another like punch in the gut so um it was hard pill to swallow I, I do think looking back on it it I'm glad it happened then instead of something like now and so the timing wasn't wasn't exactly the worst case scenario but I mean dealing with any kind of injury in the sport is challenging because that's this is like the only thing that we're doing and so for us to not be able to do something that is required not only required of us but something that we want to do and genuinely enjoy doing is like yeah very challenging um and so yeah that was just it was hard to navigate but I think always like you come out with more equipped to be able to be able to handle adversity better in any scenario so
0: yeah you said that in your post-race interview too like when you not about the injury but you were talking about like not having a great experience at the trials and not performing the way you wanted to and like those losses help you be a better athlete and those adversities help the winning be so much sweeter I'm not quoting you verbatim but um, let's expand on that that a little bit like what do you like when you look back at last year and then this year like how does that sit with you
1: Yeah, like I said in my post-race interview, I think the biggest thing is learning how to lose and Mm. learning how to be unsatisfied with that, and then look at what you did wrong, what you could have done differently, and then moving on past that. I think always learning lessons, not even on the track, but in life in general, is always a good thing. So um, I think having the year I did last year with like struggles with adjusting to training and then not performing on the track and being like really unhappy in my life in general and not enjoying what I was doing i think going through all of that made me have such greater appreciation for a place that i'm in right now and also just made me really look internally and say you know like what's going on like why why am i not enjoying what i'm doing like what you know what factors are leading to my situation what where can i be to put myself in a better um, situation, better place. And so I am, I, I think I'm always continually trying to grow and trying to better myself. And part of that is only possible if you have to go through a hard time, um, or through obstacles.
0: Yeah. And when that, when the trials happened, uh, last year, Like, how do you get your headspace in a space that says, like, okay, this wasn't great, but like, I know my potential. I know that there's so much more in me. Like, don't count me out yet. Like, did you have to do a lot of internal work to be able to like believe in yourself, or was it always there? Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, I feel like I genuinely am a pretty confident person, but I lost all my confidence last year. I think even going into the trials, I felt so out of place I felt like such a like a fish out of water Mm -hmm. essentially um and so I think that was like the hardest thing to deal with mentally is having these races that didn't go how I would hope them to go but then also dealing with the fact afterwards like maybe I'm not as good as I think I am or you know maybe I'm not ready for this kind of training or this level or um you know, racing against these women. So I think that was the hardest part was really having to build myself back up um, throughout the summer, throughout the fall, uh, just being like, no, you do belong here. And this is this is where you're supposed to be. And really trying to remind myself of like, who I was, you know, two years ago. So
0: Hmm. yeah, So your boyfriend had a lot to do with like helping you build like, were there books or podcasts or like other people in your community that there were shoulders to lean on for you?
1: Yeah, I think definitely my boyfriend, I think, you know, Pete and Dave really helped that as well. Um, And I worked with Dave a lot in the fall in the sense of okay, we can't run right now, so let's try something else and make you feel stronger in a different way. And so I got in the gym and I was in the gym, I think sometimes three, four times a week, just going really, really hard. And I started to build more confidence that way and just becoming stronger and feeling a little more like, I guess, more gym fit than it is like cardio, like running fitness, but still just like feeling like I am, yeah, just strong again And there's nothing like specifically, I would say, I think it was just over the course of several months of just, um, a lot of self-talk. I do a lot of self-talk within my head, like all the time. I mean, I'm going on a run or I'm just like, you know, sitting and, um, hanging out by myself, but just like a lot of reminding and, um, just like, yeah, just remembering like who I was. And Mm -hmm. so, Um, I feel like I have a lot of people in my corner to thank for that as well. But, um, a lot of it comes from just, just trying to do the work myself, if that makes sense. Hey
0: everybody, a quick break to thank ZocDoc for supporting this episode of the podcast. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you, and no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said enough. Then they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. With ZocDoc, you can find doctors that are in your insurance network, putting you on the path to see the doctors who are right for you and not wasting any time figuring out who's in network and who's not. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, Take your insurance and are available when you need them. Go to zocdoc.com/another and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's zocdoc.com/another. Zocdoc.com/another. All right friends, back to my conversation. Who are some of your best friends on the track? Like your as far as like teammates and like people that you train with. Ooh. Um I think
1: I'm trying to think. Um I do feel like Jenny Simpson has been someone that I've like looked up to for a really really long time. Mm-hmm. Um I just love her. Which is really cool because she grew up about like five miles, like she went to high school, like five miles from where I went to high school. And so when I first started getting into running, she was always the one that everybody talked about. Um, and then I feel like I just like, like followed her career through college and then even got the opportunity to race against her in 2019. Um, I guess, and last year too. Um, so I think just like having someone that was so consistently good like that, um, was just really inspiring to me. Um, but I do have, like, I even have, like, I feel like Emily Enfeld has been a huge Mm. inspiration of mine too. And I think just through what I really got to know her last year, which was so special, but having to see what she's gone through the last, I don't know, four or five years, um, and for her to, also make a really hard decision to step away from a group that she's been with for a really, really long time and do something that she felt like was good for her and see her reap the benefits of that was just so special. So yeah, I feel like those two women definitely like look up to a lot.
0: Yeah, man, Emily making that team just like, yeah, oh, so good. It almost makes me want to cry just like knowing the not even knowing all of the battles, but like knowing a lot of what she's walked through. It's like oh, so much like I don't know if redemption's the right word, but just like it's been so long, you know? Yeah,
1: it has. It has. And I think, too, like when you have four years of struggles like that and I saw last year even she had a ton of struggles last year and that does something to you mentally. And it definitely makes you think that you maybe don't have it anymore or, you know, you're washed up or you don't like, you're getting too old for this. And Emily never felt that way. Mm -hmm. Emily was always like, no, I know. She knew she had this like trust in herself and this deep down idea that she like had so much more in store. And I mean, I'm so glad that she's been able to like be steadfast in that and not listen to everybody else and telling her
0: whatever else they want to tell her, you know, because,
1: now she's reaping the benefits of it. And I really couldn't be more happy for her.
0: So exciting. What an exciting finish too for that race. Let's talk about your race though, like the 1500 um, that you won. And um, by the way, Sinclair mentioned racing against Jenny in 2019. And just in case people don't remember, we had talked about this in our original episode that you were fourth, like you were fourth place that year. Um, yeah. and almost made the world's team that year. So, uh, this is so cool. That race went out so slow though. It did. I mean, I, it was, I watched the tape back, the tape, whatever the YouTube video. Yeah. And, um, y'all were just like looking around like Helen uh-huh. specifically. She's like, what's going on here? Like wh- who's, who's doing what? And, um, tell me about your like mindset in that race.
1: Yeah. I, I was like so interesting because I feel like sometimes you get into races and you you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. Who's going to take it. Um, who's going to make a move at 800 to go or whatnot. Um, and honestly, talking to Pete, we're like, we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, and like, I think we obviously knew like the big players in the race, like Ellie and Corey and Heather. Um, but at the same time, it was like we had no idea what the race was going play to play out as. And so we kind of made a brace plan to just stay in the top three. Just mm. whoever the top three is, doesn't matter. Just stay in the top three. Um, and so, yeah, going into it, that was going to be my plan. And um, it was funny, the first, I think, 200 meters, I think a lot of people expect, including myself, expect Ellie to just go and take it like she kind of did last year at the Olympic Trials. and and so I think everyone's like looking around for Allie, like, okay, where is she? Uh-huh. <laughs> is she going to come to the front? And um, it sounded like she didn't really want to leave. Yeah. Um, so I think that was her hesitation. Was like, well, I don't want to go to the front <laughs> right now. Um, and but then I think eventually when we went out in seventy two, she's like, okay, we can't be doing this. We're not jogging today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that first four hundred was just interesting, and just everyone was just kind of like, what's going on? Like, what? Who's going to take it? What's what are we going to do? And then when Ellie started taking it, um, we really started to crank it down and I just really tried to match any move that anyone made. And Ellie made a a big move to get in in the front with um, like 400 meters in and I followed her. And and then Corey made that big move with I think like 250 to go and I followed her too. And so um, I think a lot of racing is, is just like responding to um, moves like that and, sometimes I feel really uncomfortable because it feels like, you know, a little bit of like a fart, like, like a a speed change, you got to sprint and then you like settle down and then sprint again, settle down. And, um, but I love that. I love like that. I feel like that is like pure racing to me. Um, so that was, yeah, that was kind of my goal throughout the race was just to stay in the top three, answer any moves and just like, don't lose contact.
0: You looked like you felt so strong and smooth. Like it even just watching the other women on the screen, like, their like arm pumping even was more labored than yours. How did you feel? I felt good.
1: Yeah, I did. I was surprised. I never know how fast we're running and I don't pay attention to the clock. I'm just like always focused on beating people. Yeah. Um. So I, I never really know how fast we're running or what I closed in or what the, you know, even the finishing time is sometimes. Um, but I was kind of shocked to, especially going out in 72 to, for us, for us to have finished in 403, I was like, whoa, like we must've closed really hard, but it didn't feel like that. I felt really strong. I just felt really like I had like a certain awareness. I like, I knew what was going on, where people were. Um, and I was so like alert that I felt like maybe I didn't really think about how I really felt. Um, but I did feel really, really good and um just like feel so much more powerful than I did last year. And um I'm not I'm no longer hanging on in a race. I'm, you know, actually competing. So it feels really good to be in that position.
0: Did you feel calm going into this race? Um a little <laughs> bit. I mean <laughs>
1: I was pretty nervous. I, I definitely woke up Saturday feeling very nervous. Um my boyfriend, he can attest to that. I was I was a little ball of anxiety in the morning, Um, but I think once I get to the track and I'm starting my warm-up, the nerves start to calm down. I think Pete and I, uh, he had me step aside and just, like, take five big, deep breaths um, because he could definitely tell that I was physically very nervous, and I, I think nerves are really good, and I think sometimes people like to say that you know like being too nervous is like not a good thing and um I think it's a great thing I think when you nerve when you're nervous it's or when I'm nervous at least it's when I know that I'm ready to Mm -hmm. go because I know that like if I'm really nervous about this that means that I should not mess this up and that's what I'm nervous about (laughs) um and then and then also like my adrenaline's pumping and I'm just yeah excited so I I was like enough nervous to be to be within myself and to be able to still like compete and not you know hyperventilate but um (laughs) I definitely was very very nervous on the day
0: um when the race goes out so so slow I mean for us normal people it's not slow but you know what I mean um do you get nervous that they're like you're gonna get tripped up or anything like that because I I felt like like everybody was like so bunched together and I'm like oh because like that could just like really ruin the whole thing
1: yeah no, I do I definitely do i I think I personally wanted a race that was going to be really fast just so we could all you know just run in a nice line <laughs> on the inside rail and just no one's no one's giving in each other space so um yeah you do really have to stay on your ground, but I think it it's good practice because I remember doing uh the race at pre in the fifteen of just being. It wasn't slow, but everybody was there, and everyone was jostling, jostling for position, and you really have to, like, practice, like, standing your ground, and so um, I do try to, like, tell myself that in the slow races of just, like, you know, stay on your feet, make sure you're aware, like, of what's going on, and, like, you know, you're you're ready to, like, push back if someone's trying to come and take your position, so. Um,
0: did you consider, like, when you guys were running so slow at the beginning, did you consider taking the lead no <laughs> you didn't no. even it wasn't Never. even a thought
1: no no I I that that's just not my style I don't really I think sometimes there happens to be if I take the lead at any part of a race it's not happening on purpose it's okay. happening because of just I guess circumstance of how I ended up there but um yeah, that was never my plan. I was like, I was, I'm pretty, I was pretty confident. And either if it went fast that I could run with anyone and that if it even went slow, I'm so confident in my kick that I don't really care if it goes slow. Like I, I didn't need the race to go a certain way to feel like I was going to, um, accomplish my goal. I felt like in any scenario that I was going to be able to make that team.
0: I wonder what that's like racing against you knowing that like you're the one that has the kick because people know that like everybody knows like you're on the straightaway neck and neck with someone at the last hundred meters like that's a that's an advantage to you mm-hmm.
1: yeah I don't I'm not really sure what other people think I think I guess for them they probably want to take it out a little bit harder yeah and, yeah or maybe make like a hard move in the middle of the race to really really maybe put some distance on me or just like take the sting out of my kick. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't really, <laughs> I wonder what goes through their heads
0: too. I, well, I was just thinking when I watched it back, like when Corey made the move and then you responded and it's like, I, to me, it looked like you're like, okay, now's the time. Like now I'm in my zone. I'm doing my like expert skill or whatever it is. And like, you just went.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I do feel like I've said before, if I'm 200 to go in a race with someone and I'm right there with them, I feel like I have had that race won just because of how Mm. confident I feel in my finishing kick.
0: So strategically, that race was really good for you. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. (laughs) Um, Did your five second PR just not too soon before this. I mean 5 second PR. Are y'all hearing this? Like yeah. 1500 meters 5 second PR is massive. 358 so you broke the 4 minute barrier for the first time. Um that's a different kind of racing maybe. I don't know. Did that give you confidence though going into this race?
1: Oh, definitely. I I I like feel like I was really trying to be the first American in that race. Um just for my confidence knowing this is probably my last race before the US Champs and not only to like you know put myself on their radar but then to also give myself confidence like okay I can make this team in a month so that was my main goal going in was just to be the first american um but we also were like I think we're ready to run sub 4 and so we knew this race was going to go fast and so um Pete and I just made a race plan to just attack it and just aggressively try to lock yourself on, um, and see what happens. And so I feel like after that race finished, I was like, well, not only can I compete with the best in America, but now I can compete with the best in the world. And I felt like I just had jumped into this like pool of world-class runners. And I think there were like six or seven women that were in the Olympic final in that race. And so to be able to be in that and compete well and finish so well was like really really exciting for me and I think it just gave me a better idea of like now I see myself in this I'm not just looking up to these people watching them on tv you know now I'm like I'm here and I'm competing against them and I'm beating them so definitely gave me a lot a lot of confidence going um into last weekend
0: yeah and now going into worlds I mean that was that was a world stage so that's really cool right um I do not know what your message to the world was when we first recorded, but somebody, Kara, somebody shared on Instagram, like they listened back to your episode after you made the team and Mm -hmm. said something about chills with your message to the world. Now I'm like, now I want to know what it was or like what your goal was. I should have listened before the interview. Um, But I'm assuming it had something to do with believing in yourself and, you know, like Yeah, I think it was. Do you know?
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I remember I remember seeing that post as well. I think it was something about, like, you just never know what's around the corner. Um, And I mean, I feel like that is definitely applicable to this year. I think this time last year, I was finishing last at the Olympic trials feeling really defeated, feeling unconfident, feeling unhappy. And now I'm just, I mean, a completely different version Of myself than I was last year and now I'm going to the world championships. So, um, yeah, it's like sometimes it's really hard to see that light at the end of the tunnel, especially when you're in a really, really dark place. Um, but if you do keep working, you put, keep putting one step forward or one foot forward. Um, yeah, you just, I think I said something like, yeah, you just never know what, what could be around the
0: corner. Ah, so, so good. Um, what are you most excited about with worlds?
1: Honestly, I'm really excited to be able to compete on home soil. I think mm. a lot of people are like, oh, like, oh, such a bummer. Like your your first world champs is just, you know, right here in Oregon. I'm like, "Well, oh, I think it's pretty special because I'm competing for the U.S. Mm. on U.S. soil. So I feel like we have home field advantage. And I know it would be really, really cool to go travel to some other country and race. But I think for my first world champs, I think I'm going to have so much more family and friends and just like the running community in the U.S. in general there to support. And I'm going to have so many people there cheering me on that I probably would have if it was somewhere overseas. And so I think that's really special. Um, So I'm just like, I'm really looking forward to being able to represent the U.S. like at the first ever world championships on U.S. soil. I think that's definitely really, really cool and going to be a part of history for, you know, years to come. So, so exciting
0: so special mm-hmm. um do you think do you have feelings about if this race is gonna go out hard i think
1: i think i'm gonna have to run hard every single round i'm like already preparing myself yeah. for that um which is fine because that's what we train for i do think that the the final depending on who is in it i do think it will go fast um i i know faith Gagan is I mean, world class, she's just like in a class of her own, honestly, right now. So um, whether she kind of hangs back, I do think she'll make that last 800 really hard. I, I could see her, you know, running under sub two for the last 800. So I'm fully expecting it to be a pretty fast race. Um, but I also think a lot of times in those finals and those championship races, like like I was saying earlier, that like a lot of like the eight, last 800 is run really, really fast. And a lot of times it's like the time can come from just running the last part of the race, um, really cutting it down. And that's kind of what we did at, at us champs. So I'm, I'm pretty excited that I got to have that kind of race experience under my belt, um, going into the world champs in case that kind of race does play out.
0: Wow. So excited for you um sinclair thanks for coming back on the show and catching up i've just like it's been fun to follow you and to see this like resurgence of a year Mm -hmm. you know it's been really special
1: thank you i really appreciate it
0: we are all cheering for you best of luck thank you so much all right friends thanks so much for being here today thank you sinclair for coming on the show so excited for you and rooting for you. Cannot wait to see what happens at Worlds. You all can find Sinclair on Instagram. She's Sinclair Johnson over there. You can find me personally on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine, 626, as well as Twitter at Lindsay Hine. And we have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast on Facebook. Learn more about our network, sandyboyproductions.com. We have a brand new podcast in the network called Ready to Run. Check it out. We also have the podcast for parents why is everyone yelling the holistic nutrition and business mindset podcast, the urban pharmacy and the illuminate podcast where we share stories of people doing really cool work in the world. Thanks for being here. We'll see you Monday with a new episode in our nutrition series with registered sports dietitian, Maddie Alm talking all things red S and iron. Have a great Friday, a wonderful rest of your weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.